Okay, hello everyone. How are you doing out there tonight in Facebook world? I don't know if you were with me earlier in this, this morning. I was supposed to interview Jackie Phoenix, but that went a bit tits up. But thankfully, I've done a pre-test with Lucy. Took a wee while, and it took a wee while again tonight. But thankfully, we've got Lucy Santosha on to talk about um, why she's an activist against vaccines and global corporations and shit like that. So welcome to the show. Lucy, how are you doing tonight? Hi, Billy. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Hi. You're looking a bit nervous all of a sudden. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm chilling out as per usual. Just you know, I'm going to turn you up a little. Okay. I just trying to you know wake people up to the fact there's not a virus going around killing everybody. So maybe there's something else going on that they might you know pay attention to because uh, it will affect their lives in the not too distant future, especially ones that are planning on taking a vaccine or yeah. so-called vaccine. Yeah. Well, some people are on their like now going to take their second dose so yeah, i can't believe that i think the second dose is going to be well you've you've already abused your immune system with the first dose or abused your body with the first dose and then you're well about to do it again. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm going to come on heavy if i know anything different i so why did you correct yourself when you, you said because uh, not everyone believes in the immune system yeah but you know the osteoblasts and the osteoclasts those are what in, in, invade the you know, the disease, the viruses. So, you know, they've already been abused with the first dose and then they're going to be abused again with the second dose. So the body's being poisoned twice, you know. Yeah. Basically, any of their toxic drugs are poison. Exactly. <laughs> so, sorry, I interrupted you there just to... Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we are soon going to see, like, definitely within this year, we're going to start seeing... The effects of it already, not the long-term effects, but the yeah. Well, I had a know, close family member. Reactions. Twenty-five years ago, I was telling uh, f- family members, you know, they're going to microchip us, and they were just laughing at laughing at me. Mm-hmm. And that same. Well, person- people have always said eventually we'll pay by microchip. You know, we'll be chipped just like our chip and pin bank card. Yeah, well, it's going to be basically your energy, your life source is going to be tied mm-hmm. to global currency. So everything you. Own, well, you don't own anything. It'll be all done through renting it, and your contribution will pay for the stuff you're renting through yeah. universal credit. So, and many wise men have been preaching about this for generations, and it's like here we are now. It's happening now. This is it. Yeah, nobody was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, the majority. I've been banging on about it uh, for about thirty years. How did you kind of find out then? Well, it's quite interesting. I'm actually interviewing uh, David Icke on Monday. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's exciting. So it was basically, I was trying to form a band at the time because mm. I was trying to form another band and I had a big fight with the guy and I told everybody I was going to be a rock star and he had all the musical talent. So I thought I'd better get some real musicians on board. And <laughs> was, I was writing lyrics and learning basics of guitar and these other people could really play. So there's one girl, she was a songwriter. She was really good. But she gave me a David Icke uh, video, VHS video, called Turning Off the Tide. And I watched that video, then I watched the news, and I realised the news was complete bollocks. Mm-hmm. And then, basically, David Ike was coming to Edinburgh a couple of weeks later, so I went with her and her sister, and there was like literally about eight people in the assembly rooms in Edinburgh to watch his his show, so I've seen him mm-hmm. live back then. And then I was doing night shifts, and so I kept on researching because I had lots of time on my hands. And my life, I went to Turkey for 12 years, never, never had a full-time job, so I spent a lot of time digging down rabbit holes, mm-hmm. which most people don't have that opportunity so that's why right now when all this is unfolding it's all news to them you know whereas 
Um, and I think a lot of people are using this time to learn more and realize that the world isn't the way that they thought it was, you know. A lot of people have started to realize that sex trafficking is a big thing and they didn't realize that before, you know. They thought that, you know, everything was just roses and their children were safe. Well, there is people in Glasgow doing a really good job uh, save our children. Mm. There's the guy going about the streets of uh, Nicola Sturgeon's, you know, yeah. locale. Uh, which she's counsellor for, and they're saying there's child prostitution and stuff going on there, and then that's only the surface level, you know? Yeah, well, there's, yeah, I've seen that as well, but they've been saying, loads of people from Glasgow have been saying that for years as well, that's nothing new. And then the police came out saying, no, that's not happening. And then you see tiny little articles about how so many men have been arrested in Govern for sex trafficking, so it is happening because people are getting arrested for it. There's no doubt about it. It's having a fucking huge industry. I've actually yeah. seen uh, some documents of like lots and lots of children, their names and basically their blood types, and it's all like for the genochrome promising uh, pro- pro- producing and stuff like that. You know, and so sick industry behind all those people, like uh, the Dutch whistleblower um, Russell Barn- Bernard, I think something like that. Some somebody Bernard, Ranald Bernard. Anyway, lots of people have exposed that. If you look, these things are not hard to find. They tell you in the movies and stuff like that, you know, that's how they escape their natural law side of things. They're telling us. And that's how they tell us. And they do. Once you see a movie or once you know, you've read about something and then you watch a movie again, you think, oh, my God, there's so many hidden meanings in that movie <laughs> where they're actually trying to tell us. And it all makes sense now, that film. I don't know if they're actually trying to tell us because... You know, you could just come right out and tell us, but they are telling us. They're speaking yeah. to our subconscious mind, so our subconscious mind knows they're getting the truth, mm. but our conscious mind takes it all in a different way. Like, for instance, Emma. Think... Yeah, so I'm just saying that Emma's seen a lot of old movies since she's learned about all this stuff. Now she'll think about all those old movies in a vastly, you know, different way. Yeah. But I think as well, some of the movies are actually made to prepare our minds for it, to accept it for happening because it's yeah. going to come. There's predictive programming inside of it. Yeah. So they're letting us know there's that new one, Songbird, that was just out. Yeah. So that's like. And that was know, awful, that film. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just getting you accustomed to all this stuff, you know, like I'm immune, I'm immune, and yeah. I've got my yellow sticker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just, planting the idea that that's how we're going to have to get by to. Uh, well, all this Agenda 21 and all these things that are out there, they want us to be talking about them because people say to you, you know, when's the Great Reset going to happen? When's the financial collapse coming? So we're all giving our energy and thought uh, to that. So that's creating that reality tunnel. Yeah. If we were all you know, switching off the TVs, going outside, talking to your neighbours, you would create a vastly different uh, future. Reality. Yeah. And reality, basically. Aye. It's all based mm-hmm. on what we're doing now. And what we're doing is yeah. staring at the AI, you know, Yep. Borg that's assimilating us through all Zoom and everything. Mm-hmm. It's one way to get us there. And AI is about to take over as well. <laughs> yeah, it's basically heading towards synthetic bodies, the merging of male and female into that body and mm-hmm. uh, the change, a vast change of humanity as we know it. That's what it's all heading towards. Mm-hmm. And that's only for the few that survive the great cull that's mm-hmm. unfolding. And most people don't seem to, you know... Yeah, mass genocide is happening right before you. <laughs> yeah. not, not a dangerous virus. Yeah, well, basically, they're obviously, Boris Johnson did say in a speech, you know, we're going to inject a virus into you. And people think, oh, it's just a slip of the tongue. But again, they're actually telling you right there. So you're obviously and, well clued up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went on about the chips as well for years before, saying it was an outrageous idea. And now, guarantee he'll be pushing for it. <laughs> yeah. They say one thing. Before they get into power, 
think yeah. Obama even came out right and said that one time. He just said, you know, you don't expect me to follow my election promises, do you? I mean, exactly. come on, <laughs> let's get real. It's like knowing that that's just what you say to get in there, to get in the door. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. It's just, all a load of nonsense politics. And... Well, it's political rhetoric. It's just jargon and stuff like that. That's what politicians have all used to be well-versed in the subjects, but now mm-hmm. it's just sound bites and stuff like that. They're trained NLP actors. Mm-hmm. But as you say, it is just a theatre because politics, I don't know if you, how much you, you know of Article 61, but since mm-hmm. 2001, there is no legitimate uh, real government in yeah. the Commonwealth countries. So that's even more of a facade that's going on right now. And they and have they to are... force us down us pretty quick before we realise you know, they don't have the power. So the only fact how... that this is all happening is because we are the ones allowing it. Well, the ones believing it are allowing it. Yeah, it's a story. Nothing to do with government, you know, forcing it. It's them allowing it. Well, they actually say, you know, this is a live exercise and things like that. Yeah. Again, they're using it in the language, but they're saying the language in a certain way that our conscious mind doesn't understand. They're telling yeah. us the truth, but the way they use the words and the tone of the language and everything. So, yeah, Stephen Magnus is saying about um, Boris Johnson's dad, he wrote the book called The Virus in the 80s, and then there was, in 2012, he gave a talk about the ideal population in Britain would be between 15 and 25 million. And then next thing you know, the son's the Prime Minister. And, power, yeah. <laughs> and there's a big, you know, everyone's wearing a mask. If that's not a sign that they're trying to kill you, I don't know what is. I know. <laughs> I still can't believe that people are angry at us for not wearing masks, because I genuinely feel angry at people for wearing masks. Yeah. Oh, it drives me nutty. You just I drive up to Tesco and you see the window and just know everyone in there, you just see them all going around yeah. in their mask and you go, I've got to walk into zombie land here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is, it's like you're on a bloody movie set, like oh. in the middle of casualty or... It's so bizarre. It's like some randomly <laughs> child's away to do surgery or something, you know, they've got their bloody hospital mask on, like... Yeah, it's like I was walking up the street even the other day and I seen a couple of guys wearing masks with flowers on and daisies and stuff like that, you know? I mean, I don't mind wearing a bit of flower and whatever, but a flowery mask in the street, mate, come on, let's get a fucking grip. (laughs) (laughs) Not only am I scared of a virus, I like flowers on my face. (laughs) It's just, where's the the masculine? I posted uh, something on my Facebook wall about what happened to real men protecting their families and, you know, standing up for doing the right thing. And this happened to be a gay guy, but anyway, he's, at the end, he said, everyone's, at the end it said, say amen, if you believe, so everyone's going, amen, amen. And he comes up with, get your, take your toxic masculine self to fuck. Because <laughs> people can just abuse you outright these days, and yeah. you can't just talk about being masculine without it being toxic masculine, you know? So yeah. they're... They're merging this male and female roles, and totally. They've turned like, yeah, it's fine if men want to be fit. Fe- well, if men are, like we've all got masculine and feminine energies, and us all, you know, I've always been really kind of boyish. But um, you know, if I had the opportunity when I was a little girl to have a dick, I mean, I would have went for it. You know, I would have. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have that opportunity. But um, yeah, it, it just because you've got that energy where you feel more of one of the, than the other you obviously are still I don't know I think you're young you're, you're a child yeah you're a child will get bombarded with all the stuff on the internet and the media so it's very very confusing so you know if all that was taken out of the picture people would be growing up in a whole different world you know and there wouldn't be an issue at all my kids had a transgender at their primary school okay 
So and like they were convinced they were a transgender and how, and their or, parents were you know supporting them to change their you God. know the it was a little girl but she was being a boy. Aye. Um, yeah. It's cool to promote, to get this done to your kids these days, you know. It's also mm-hmm. cool to get your kids to test for a COVID vaccine, apparently, yeah. as well, you know. <laughs> I've like, had my kid tested. <laughs> uh, but some of them are letting them get tested for trials and things like that. You know? I know. It's all a big experiment anyway, isn't it, to see, you know, exactly how it's going to pan out. It's never going to be good, is it? Billy Old's talking about Disney, and there's obviously a lot of stuff in Disney. Did you let your children uh, watch much well, Disney? Well, I did let them watch Disney. I used to love Disney. I didn't I didn't know at the time, do you know what I mean? I just saw it as... But now understanding and looking back and just knowing how corrupt Disneyland is and it just makes your skin crawl. How, like, every single one, they're orphans, you know, they've been abandoned. Either their parents have died, you know, to yeah, give exactly. a step. Mother, mother yeah, like, all that you. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So now that I'm aware of it, and I know it, but, yeah. you know, I don't like putting too much in my kids' heads because it's too much for children, you know, to realise that the whole bloody world is corrupt. They've got to have something that's pure and innocent and just believe that it's okay. Well, on my first day in my son's school, I told them, have a good day at the brainwashing centre, son. <laughs> <laughs> when they're doing the national anthem, whistle along, do your own thing. <laughs> See, even when my kids started school, I didn't understand that the education system was the way it was. And now I see it for what it is. And I'm like, oh. And I do, I say things to my kids. And when, you know, their teachers say things. You know, my kids got in trouble for yawning. Oh, my God. school. And it's yes. like, if you're yawning, your body's needing more oxygen. It's a perfectly <sighs> natural thing, you know? And actually, I said to Layla, you know, any teacher ever goes, you're right for yawning again. You tell her, shut up. Look, they're locked in a four, <laughs> you know, a square room. White walls are bored, senseless. They should yeah. be going in continually. It's a crime <laughs> against them, you know. It should be out experimenting and learning through play. Instead exactly. of sitting at a desk listening to some, somebody blab a lot of shite, basically. And the crazy thing is, see, in Scotland, when, this, when the schools went back, they had all their nurseries in winter outside the whole time. Now... You're telling me that they can do that, but they don't have outdoor play in the summertime. You know, it's not like, I mean, yeah, they go out to play, but they should be learning outdoors the whole right. time in summer, the whole time. Now, if they could, if they're capable of doing it in the winter and the rain and all that, then right. they should change the education system, really. Like, look, like, but they never will. Yeah. It's just the whole society and what we call the education system. It's all, you know, their invention. Mm. I think adults should be living amongst the children, amongst the adults all the time. And not all just isolated together. That's not very no, good for exactly. For learning as well, you need all different energies all the time. Yeah. You know, in a community, you get diff- access to different adults and you get brought up yeah. more adult quickly because yeah. you're in the adult world. If you're children, it represses your childhood a little bit. And still, yeah. children should play and stuff, but, you know, they could be learning about car engines at five and six years old and stuff like that. If they can learn about computers, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of them are but, I mean, the way the world is, you need to know about computers now. You can get by. That's the thing. See, now the elderly will not get by without smartphones. Well, they're making us dependent on the technology. Yeah. That's part of the plan, you know. This is why in these things I'm talking about, I say, let's go off Facebook and go and learn to grow some tomatoes because yeah. they control the food supply. And that's a massive you know, Roger. weakness. I mean, we even have. your organic fruit and veg now is not organic, you know? Yeah. The soil's... The soil's been damaged, exactly. Yeah. Very much so, and that's vital to our health. Yeah. So we can't go even go to the fruit 
and vegetables in the supermarkets is not getting the, giving us the proper nutrients that we need. And that's partly why a lot of men are apathetic and stuff these days. They don't have the proper nutrients. They're not getting the same exercises they've got in the past. They're too busy. And sitting all the chemicals and all the pesticides. And... That's right, yeah. chemi- it has been a chemical war on mm. people. So let's talk about how you got into all this then. Let's talk about, you know, how did you go from watching Disney with your children <laughs> and thinking it was all good? And then... Vaccinating them. <laughs> so... How old were you when you had your children? And was that part how they woke up when it came to the vaccination? Was that when it started to... No, I was still, still kind of wasn't woke up at all. You know what I mean? I was 22 when I had my little boy. But I was... Um, even though I was 22, I was a young 22. You know, I probably had the mind of a 16-year-old, even though I was 22. Okay. And I was just... I wasn't growing up for my age. Um, and then because I didn't live with my mum when I got pregnant... And then I got homeless, became homeless when I got pregnant. So, I mean, I didn't have a computer to research anything. Do you know what I mean? I was homeless. I had nothing. So I was like, I really did rely on my um, midwives and health visitors and stuff like that. Because I didn't have a clue about babies. I hadn't been around them and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, the experts. Yeah, so I, um, you know, when I got the NHS books when I was pregnant, I would read them front to back, you know, because I really did want to learn about my pregnancy and all this stuff. So I read every book they gave me. Not right. once did I read about a vaccine in any of these books, you know, in pregnancy. It, the topic didn't come up ever. Okay. It wasn't until I actually had my baby and it was like, right, now we need to vaccinate them. And I was okay. like, what? What? <laughs> like, where, where does that come from? You need to what? That's I'm like, good. Like, he, he's not dying, you know, he's healthy, he's okay, so why do we suddenly have to start back? It seemed strange to me at first, like it didn't seem natural, but she managed to convince me that, you know, it's better for them to risk the vaccine than to risk, the, you know, all these diseases, you know, so she, she managed to convince me, I was like... The way the way I was thinking at the time was like, well, I was I'm here, I might as well, you know. I, and I didn't really know what to do, but it did feel wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I just I did it. I vaccinated him, and then the first one he was uh, he start, So you're two months when you get your first one, and I was breastfeeding well, him as well. Anyway. <laughs> Pardon? Back then, anyway, because. Well, yeah, like each other. I'm sure it's still the same. I think it's um, you get your when you're first born, you get your vitamin K, right? And then you get your first vaccine at two months. That's your DTAP. That's your okay. six and one. So, um, so he first got his vaccine at two months, and although he was breastfed, he suddenly started to pro- projectile vomit, like just constantly, okay. you know. Wow. So he was constantly being uh, breastfed and constantly being sick, and it was just like that was uh. all he was doing. <laughs> then his next vaccine was four months, and then the day after that one, I actually had to phone the you know NHS twenty four, and then they sent out an ambulance for him because. He was so badly constipated, he was screaming and he Oof. was shaking. Oh and God. then you should have seen the size of poo that came out of this baby. Oh like it was a man's poo, like solid. Aye. Now, Aye. this is a breastfed baby that's never ate any food in his life. And Aye. I still didn't quite make the connection, you know. And it yeah. was the day after the vaccine, but I still didn't get it. So now knowing what I know, obviously, you know, his gut's just being destroyed, you know, Aye. at the beginning of his bloody... Aye. And then, yeah, so... He was always being ill, always sick. He was really crying all the time. You know, he was never, like, never happy. You get a bit more vaccines best... after that? 
Well, yeah, he got his when he was one year old. He got his MMR, and that's when it got really bad. Okay. He so and it was for time, months, two months after four months, all that time, right up to the MMR, he was still unhe unhealthy, quite constantly. Yeah. Right. yeah, and I never made the connections, you know. Well, I did make the connections, but they managed to speak me out, like talk me out of it, and say, "Oh, it's okay, it's normal," and you know, he's okay, you know, just right. do this, you know. They made me. Um, even though I was breastfeeding them, they said start giving them like one bottle a day with um, Gaviscon in it. So right. my health visitor advised me to start giving them bottles so I could give them Gaviscon and stuff like that. So, right. you know, they're just prescribing me things for them at a young age. And then, um, so when he turned one, he got his MMR. And he was like covered in a rash, and I mean screaming constantly. Like, but his forehead was constantly covered in bruises because he was just banging it off of walls, banging sure. it off the ground. Like, it, it just was not right, you know? <laughs> Quite obviously. Not right at all. <laughs> and like, everyone was like, what the hell is wrong with your baby? That is not normal. Like, there's something wrong with your child. But, um, <laughs> so, <it would> really? <laughs> but the thing is, that these screaming fits and stuff, they would last a few hours and then stop. Right. So by the time you got to the doctors, by the time you got to the hospital and stuff, he could be settled down again and be okay, and the, right. the rash would start to fade again. But then the rash would come back out when he started to cry again, and he'd okay. start getting a fever again. So this was for about six months on and off. Wow. But no one actually saw him at his absolute worst. You know, no health care like, no, saw him when he was at his worst. They only saw him when he was actually okay. And they just said, oh, well, he's fine now, so nothing to worry about, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, after that, I was like, nah, these vaccines are doing something to him. He's oh, he was so fine what? until he got yeah. So after that, I was like, this isn't right. But back then, because I didn't know about it, I thought I was putting his life at more risk because I wasn't vaccinated. Him. So I was scared, you know. I was like petrified that I was like always living in fear that something was going to happen. But you um, so that's what you gave him that one. You said no more after that. Yeah. All right. But still, you're saying, oh, fucking hell, we could catch all these things and I'm a bad mother. Yeah, I was still, yeah, <laughs> still, like, petrified. So I wasn't, like, now that I know that that's, like, no. If I was, they make you sign a form when you get your baby vaccinated saying that you're given informed consent. Now, I was not given informed consent. I didn't have a clue what I was doing and no one told me the real risks. And now I know that. I'm like, yeah. I was conned, you know, they, they, abused, yeah. like, they abused my trust. And made yeah. me allow my son something bad to happen, my baby. You know, and when I had my baby, he was the only thing that mattered to me. He was so precious to me. And it was like the fact that I was so naive just to let that happen. That's what that's where my passion comes from, where it's like I have to warn other mothers because I needed someone to warn me. No one warned me, you know. Well, I've been researching a bit of David Icke recently and yeah. when I interview him and I've just realised the profound effect he actually had in my life, just that one video. Yeah. Because when my ex-wife uh, got pregnant with my son, I then researched vaccines and as soon as I began to look into it, I was like, there's no way, you know, mm -hmm. you're responsible for this child, there's no way I'm letting that poison, whatever the fuck's in there, baby fetus and formaldehyde, be put inside the child's body. So yeah, guess, as soon as I realised that they were made with that, I thought that can't make sense you can't have to kill a baby in order for a baby to be alive and healthy that that's not how humanity would ever work there's no sense in that no logic yeah. no it can't and then when i realized that the human body is capable of doing anything if you like you know you provide it with the right environment and things like that then you really don't need any of these medications or vaccines at all yeah definitely not <laughs> basically all toxin <laughs> mm -hmm. I believe there is plants out there that can help you that are more tuned with your actual natural, you know, things, bio, 
biology. Yeah. But certainly anything that comes out of you know the petrochemical pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. is not a good idea. Unless emergency things possibly, you know. Yeah. I've had arguments with scientists and stuff and they say there's plants out there that are far more poisonous than pharmaceuticals. And I'm like, yeah, and you're not supposed to eat them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> some shamans take some of the more dangerous ones and the you know, yeah. nearly die and stuff but and uh, but they're they're But then it kills them because they, they do they reset the body, don't they? Yeah, there is Different ones have different purposes, some more dangerous than others, but mm-hmm. it's only for, you know, complete cycles. <laughs> mm-hmm. People that are kind of in tune to that, not everyone's designed for that, you know. That's mm-hmm. the thing, people are different as well. So the shamans and the doctors of old, so-called doctors are healers. A doctor something that doctors something, it changes, you know. So it's just adding chemicals to you and Wait. changing your biology, but they're not actually healing you. So mm-hmm. a shaman and the healers, they will look at the person on an individual level and energetically feel them and then, you know, present mm-hmm. hands on healing or herbs. Or di- everyone was different, not just like, you've got fever, here's some tablets. Do you know there's shamans that are in, like, lockdown, scared of the virus, going to get the vaccine? Oh, God. <laughs> that is a crazy I don't world, know any, but I have a good friend that's, like, she's, she studied that and she's, like, she's she is a shaman, I think. And uh, she's told me that, you know, she, people from her, that she knows that are actually... Oh, we have to get the vaccine, and you know it's a very Crazy. dangerous virus. Yeah, I was watching an episode of uh, Northern Exposure. You're probably too young to know this program. It was set in kind of Canada uh, in the 80s, and there was this Jewish doctor. He moved up to this really cold area, and there was this Native American, and the Native American had the flu, and the grandson was wanting him to see the Jewish doctor, and they're having this battle, and the Jewish doc- uh, shaman guy he said, "For 50 years, I've healed people with the herbs, and you know." I'm not going to change my mind and take your drugs now. And he was fighting this fight. And at the end, he just turned up at the doctor's office one day after saying, I've got my principles, just saying, oh, my wife told me I need to t- f- listen to your advice. Give me your fucking pharmaceutical drugs. I was like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> what happened to his principles? And his, you know, mm-hmm. it just made a mockery of that kind of traditional healer. And it made yeah. us think that, you know, the Jewish uh, doctor's the guy to be listened to. And just how the program you subtly and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you you can never just listen to one person and just believe one person. You've got to hear it from all different sources and then make your own your own idea of it. You know your own belief. Yeah, I never hold on to any one belief. I'm always like, no. you know, okay, that could be true. That makes more sense than that. So that thing I used to believe is no longer relevant. Yeah. You know. So there's a Socrates or somebody once said, the sign of a wise person is knowing how little you know. If you think you know it all, then you're not willing to learn anymore. And I'm all like every day I learn a new word. And, you know, I, I, when I started off kind of learning about natural healing stuff, I didn't really know much about anything at all. So, like, I've really been learning loads and loads and loads. And every day I'm still learning. And, like, I still have to look up words to see what they mean and stuff like that, you know? These people that just <laughs> dismiss conspiracy theories and say you've got a tinfoil hat on, mate, they don't realise how hard that is to be a conspiracy yeah. theorist. You know, it takes time <laughs> and effort. <laughs> so, I don't know what spend my life studying all this shit, but somebody's got to. Yeah. Well, see, when I got out, that's the, when I got out, like, what happened to me was when I got, well, I actually got really sick and then I stopped uni because I was so sick. I was going to I ask, been... after, after the one-year-old, uh, yeah. you got the MMR and it started getting worse. What was the timeline after that? 
so well, for, he was ill for months after it, but then I just I didn't do any vaccines after that. But he was always kind of like a really sicky baby, and I was just like, you know, when he got ill, he got ill, like really ill, and he wasn't good. So yeah, I was always paranoid about it. Right. But I just kind of I never went back to think about it or visit it. I just kind of like put it to the side and didn't think too much of it, and just go on my life. Yeah, but then it was when I got um really ill myself when I was studying at university and I was studying sports therapy so I was studying all about the body and how old you know, anatomy. You Pardon? How old were you then? So that was in 2016. Well I had started before that but when I got ill and stuff it was like 2016, 2017. Okay so how many years after um, your son? Well he he's 11 now. So, so 10 years ago, I stopped vaccinating. So you're talking like, yeah, a good five years later. Right. Um, and then, so yeah, it was. I was in and out of hospital. I was spending days in my bed, not able to get out of my bed. I was so depressed. I felt so guilty that, you know, my kids were having to look after me. I was just spewing. And, no idea and what then, was pardon? No idea what was wrong with you. The doctors had no idea what was wrong with me, you know. I was you in and out of hospital. Yeah, it just kept giving me all sorts of... They were giving me um, cancer patients' tablets. Oh, my God. Just yeah, that's anti-sickness things, and yeah. Um, that didn't help you get any better. It made you feel worse, probably. Worse, yeah. Uh, and then um, when my when I started losing my hair, that's when right. I just felt awful, you know? I felt yeah. so bad for my kids. Like, my son was embarrassed, you know? I had to wear a wig because I lost all my hair so fast. And it... Uh, you know, he, he would be like, you know, when his friends were there, you'd get so embarrassed. And so it was just, and I was so well, and it was a horrible, horrible time. So I was like, I need to make a change. Like, I really, yeah. and I was quite lucky because I had, like, a friend who knows, like, well, she's got a brother who knows, like, you know, you met him, um, Kevin Oran. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he is my, one of my best friend's brothers. All right. And he's kind of like, he knows all about shaman and all that stuff. Like, he, he's, he knows about loads of stuff. He's travelled all over with no shoes on, that sort of stuff. That's something. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's a really cool guy. So I was lucky enough to kind of, my friend Karen said to me, you should message Kevin. And at the time I was thinking, what the hell is an old man going to do for me? Like, how is he going to be able to help me? Like, I just thought it was kind of silly at the time, eh, that she was even suggesting it. And then I went to see it again, and she said, oh, my, my brother Kevin says you still not messaged him. And, you know, I was just so, so low, and I thought, what have I got to bloody lose? So I messaged Kevin, but I had been looking into things myself, and I had came to the conclusion that I had to start learning how to heal the gut. That's where I was at. You know, I had kind of learned that myself. Okay. And so I went to him and I says, I've been researching and, you know, Karen had kind of told him how ill I was, but I kind of told him everything that was going on. I said that I was feeling so stressed, low, depressed, anxious, all this stuff. And then he just gave me loads of information, loads of stuff on how to heal myself. And so, but I didn't really know him. So when I was in hospital and stuff, and he's saying, oh, those bloody doctors are just trying to kill you. I kind of <laughs> thought he was a bit crazy at the time, eh? But then... The more research you put into it, I started to realize he, this is right. Like, I, healing is an inside job, you know? No one can do it on the outside. Like, only you can do it. A large part of it is detoxification. Yeah. Because that's it, a big deal. <laughs> for me as well, it was 
it was a whole it was everything you know a whole combination of things it was my mindfulness the way I was thinking I was so stuck in my past you know and I was scared of the future all that stuff and yeah I just wasn't living the way you're supposed to live happy and peace with joy and I wasn't doing that I was like really in a bad place so he kind of opened my eyes and kind of as they call it awoken me to the truth you know so the greater picture of that as well. Do you think by learning all this stuff, it made you realise there's some kind, something else going on? It's not just the medical establishment; it's also the government and everything. Yes. So that was when I started to realise, like, because he would be feeding me information, but I'd also go, and because I had just studied at university, and when I was there, I did uh, research and investigation. So I had literally just learned how to research, you know, right. and I really enjoyed it as well. So. I loved it. And when I started to research, it was before all the censorship happened, you know. You could literally go on Google, you could research vaccine injury, and you'd see thousands of pictures of babies that were healthy compared to their, you know, they're now cockeyed and, you know, vaccine injured, all that stuff. You don't get that now. But when I was doing the research, the information was there, and I managed to research pretty easily. You know, I got all the information and seen, God, this world is actually so corrupt and... The crimes against humanity right now that are happening and I didn't realise, and now that I have realised, I have to like warn it. It's our natural instinct to warn you know others of dangers. It's funny saying natural instinct because actually in your talk the first time I met you, you invited me up to Perth and uh, I gave a talk there. It was a, it was a fun day out. And uh, I mentioned during that talk that there there's so much more women there. It's kind of it's yeah. really like it's women's natural instinct to protect life. Yeah. And, you know, basically where all the guys, I think it was me and Kevin, <laughs> one, other yeah. guy, one other guy that was there. And uh, Yeah, we've got a few guys now, but it, it has always been more women. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which is a bit of a shame. We actually need men to stand up, you know, people in general. It's just the compliance with this insanity yeah. is mind-blowing. I suppose a lot of the men are workers and stuff as well, you know. Well, a lot of women are workers these days as well. Yeah, they are. But I think, did you see Nicola Sturgeon actually said that the um, older primary kids are not getting to go back to school because she wants to keep the pe- their mums at home? All right. Well, to be honest with you, I don't understand why women, I mean, it's a feminist movement, I think, was designed to get women into the workplace. I think a large part of communities in the past, why they were so tight, was because women were at home. So all the, neighbor, the women used to talk and that formed yeah. the community. So then at New Year, you go into the neighbours' houses because all the women knew each other yeah. and they'd be in each other's houses. And we've kind of lost all of that, you know? Even when I was a kid at New Year, you went round all your neighbours' houses. It was totally safe. You were hugging and kissing and, you know, normal. Having a party. But- you know, back like um, our ancestors' times, you know, if a baby was sick, they would hand it round all the mothers and they would try their breast milks to give them different, you know, antibodies to heal the baby. All right. They'd pass the baby yeah. round and give them breast milk. All and right. that's how, how they did it. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Learn something every day. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were ill, you started, it was your gut that was uh, the problem. Well, I'd always had a kind of dodgy gut, but I'd always had a really bad diet, so it kind of right. makes sense, you know. Right. I had never ate like fruit or veg. <laughs> I right. always, I had a diet of like sweeties, crisps, hot noodles, right. all that crap stuff. Yeah, like I had a really bad diet. <laughs> Sounds like who am I here? <laughs> <laughs> she was drinking about eight liters of Pepsi Max a day. When... Oh no! Don't tell me. I used to be like that as well. When I was studying at college, I wouldn't eat, and I would just drink bottles and bottles of Lucozade. Uh, look at and right. it's it's so bad for you. <laughs> so bad. 
So, um, and that's what causes all these infections in the body, all the sugars and... Yeah, all the sugar. But now I only have fruit. I'll have orange juice. I love orange juice and I'll drink water and teas and stuff like that. But I, like, I have fizzy juice now and again as a treat. But I now see it as, like, the devil juice. It's so bad. It is really, really bad. Yeah. I've seen a picture of somebody's kidney that drank a lot of Diet Cola. So all the aspartame was inside this kidney and there's all these stones and everything. It's like, oh, it's disgusting. So bad. The diet stuff for the aspartame is the worst stuff. And people (laughs) are so highly addicted to that. And they've got this notion in their head that because it's diet, it's okay. You can drink more of it. wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's inversed in this world, yeah? Yeah. So you did so, change your diet quite quickly, and did your hair start? Yeah, going that's what I started to look into how the what I needed for me. So I was seriously lacking things like iron and stuff like that. That's what you get from your greens, you know. I yeah. went years and years and years without eating any. So yeah, I started um, looking into the what you know what you got from what vegetable and what. This is things like we should that. be learning in school. If the yeah. school was there for a purpose, it should be to pre- teach everyone. Exactly, because even you're, if you're going to eat melon, you're supposed to eat that in the morning and not with other fruits. Yeah. And there's all this kind of stuff. There's a whole science to it. So mm-hmm. I just don't right, I'm going to eat fruits now, but I'm probably still not doing the right thing because I'm yeah. mixing stuff up. So we well, what I always like to do is make smoothies, and that really cleanses me, you know, because the average person has usually got like seven pounds of like fetal matter just stuck in their colon. All right. You know, like, and that's what causes all these, like, (laughs) that's what causes us to get ill. If we're not eating fruits and veg to cleanse that out, it just all gets clogged up. So I think that's what had happened to me. I had been clogged up and I always had a dodgy gut and things like that. So, and I used to always get uh, urine infections and all those things. Um, Riddled with infections all over the body. Every time I went into hospital, they'd say, oh, you've got this infection, that infection, that infection, you know. And it was just all purely diet and stress and all that stuff. So, yeah, now I don't get anything like that because I do eat really good. Well, that's the secret, really. It's not that much of a secret. It's kind of obvious. (laughs) If the food isn't proper food that grows on a tree or in the ground, it's not really food. (laughs) It's so simple, eh? And the fact that people, like, so many of my friends have turned against me and said, oh, you speak nonsense, it's a load of shit, you know, you've just lost the plot. And I'm like, no, this is my life. I've lived these experiences. They've led me to live this lifestyle, and this is now my life, you know? Well, not really your friends if they're trying to. No, exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they were childhood friends, went to school with me and stuff. We always got on. And now, because I've got a strong opinion, and, and, you know, people don't like you um, saying, oh, maybe if you stop eating all that shite, you won't get that symptom anymore. People don't like hearing you say that, you know? People don't like to hear the fact there's no such thing as a contagious virus because that means they'll have to take responsibility for their own health. Mm-hmm. And people I, don't want to hear the government's not legal because then they'll have to take the responsibility. That's, that's another thing. When you go around the shop and you see these people that are looking at you in disgust with their mask on, I like to look at what they're buying. And it's uh-huh. always like bottles of bloody fizzy juice and cakes uh, sure. and crap. And it's uh-huh. like, you're uh-huh. clueless, clearly, you know. Uh-huh. Well, the mask tells you that. It's quite a good way to see how many, you know, complete zombies there is. And it's quite nice when you see someone not wearing a mask, especially if you oh, see someone not wearing a mask and not wearing a, a badge thing, you know? Aye. Well, I've I come like to an agreement with a guy in the supermarket because a couple of guys started to say something to me about the mask and I turned on them quickly yeah. and uh, basically they ran away with the tail between their legs. <laughs> but the manager said, you know, just to stop them having a go at you, <clears throat> can you wear the 
Lanyard. Yeah. And I said I'd do it just because he was a decent guy and he was reasonable about it, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> because I'm not, so, doing yeah. it, I'm not doing it to be... Normally, I wouldn't have done it, and I, I don't need to because I'm under Article 61, etc., but just yeah. because we had a decent chat. And was, In that moment, you know, you're just being human and you're you're exactly. evaluating the situation right. rather than being like, oh, no, I'm <clears> against <throat> anyone that tries to control me. Exactly. I was explaining to him all the shit, and he was listening to me and agreeing with me and agreeing yeah. that they were the problem, and they were the problem. So for the sake of you know, them, mm-hmm. no shit, because that's what they need a line. Go, they go, oh, I can't really speak to him. He's got one of the things on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's just crazy. I got this in my neck. No, you're not going to catch a virus. I watched a video the other day and they basically were saying to a man, he had to put a sticker on and if he didn't put the sticker on, they had to chuck him out. You know, and he was saying, what, is that sticker going to stop people from catching things right. from me? Like, what, what's the sticker going to do? But they, they chucked him out. But not, was, Morrison's not threatening to call the police on somebody about that. Well, Sainsbury's actually did call the police on my friend. Because right. she, like, he refused her entry because she had a mask on. So she then whipped out her phone. Well, she went to her, back to her car, got her phone and came back and started videoing him. Right. And um, she's obviously, like, you know, kind of not shouting at him, but just having a go at him while videoing him. And right. then the police went to her mum's house and then went to her house looking for her after that, obviously yeah. to get her for, like, breach of the peace or whatever. I don't know. But they never got her and eventually they just gave up. But... Well, none of these so-called laws are actually laws or whatever. They're just guidelines and rules. Again, they're just selling a story, and people are just buying it, basically. Believing it. sinker. <laughs> it's why do people want to be such law-abiding citizens, no matter what it is? You know what I mean? Why? Why have they got that aspiration in life? Like, it's so they can pretend that they're good people. You know, cause mm. when they're doing all really bad things and living yeah. a butcherous lifestyle. But if you're obeying the law, then you're a good. Decent, upstanding citizens, so that's all it that counts. They just feel more protected if they're being that fake good way. It's unbelievable how the government could just snap their fingers and then they'll just do that thing, whatever it is, just because it's now the law. It's the mm. law, you have to do it. You've got to wear a seatbelt now, it's the law. You've got to do this now, it's the law. You know? It's yeah. just the government shouldn't have the power over the people. The government are there no. to serve the people, they're public servants. Well, we are the government, aren't we? Like, they're there for us. We should be controlling what we want, what we, you know, not them. They've usurped their position, basically. They've, they've went to a position and tried to be the dominating force instead of... Every law should be on trial every time someone's on trial. So if the law's not just, the law gets kicked out and that person goes free. Mm. If it's a just law that, you know, like fraud or something you do against somebody, then you get the correct punishment. But not just parking and speeding and, you know, can I wear a mask or wear a mask and whatever acts and statutes an act is just an act we're all yeah. just acting it out you know a lot of and us it's all the... health and safety just going mad eh? and controlling us and <sighs> yeah. i got chucked out of a lurid concert once because i wanted to dance down the front by myself because back in the day iron maiden used to play and all everyone used to go down the front it was a big party big rock and roll mm-hmm. now health and safety they wanted everyone to sit in their seat and i didn't <laughs> want to sit in my seat so literally i was just dancing by myself and they got chucked out for having a dance at a Lou Reed concert. Lou Reed's in the Velvet yeah. Underground. They wrote a song called Heroin. I mean, for fuck's sake. They would all be up dancing and being like... Oh, why? People didn't know what to do. It's like, somebody's going outside the box here. What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> but I was experimenting with reality. David Dick's got a lot to answer for because the week before, 
I was at the comedy store and I tried to go on stage before Paul Merton and Greg Poops. Poops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, hello, I'm the Great White Shaft down entertaining you from Scotland. That was my stage name. And then I got horsed out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, David, like, back in the day, you know, some of the stuff you learn about create your own reality and things like that. You don't have to follow this program way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what happens if instead of doing that way, you go that way, you know, and just try to do something that fucks with the normal habitual life patterns that we're all kind of going through. Mm-hmm. It's quite quite fun. And kind of my life kind of, I think even moving to Turkey and trying these kind of things was probably part of that as well, you know? Yeah. See, well, what I did is I had went from always having like loads of friends and always being around loads of people. I became this person that just wanted to be sat in house learning on my own. Right. Like I totally changed, eh? <laughs> so, and then I just had like, I, had all these fake friends and then all of a sudden I had like no friends and I had to start over again. Yeah. Well, that's what this lockdown's done. I've kind of, people who I thought were friends and stuff in the so-called comedy world or whatever, turns out there's not a lot of substance behind them, but people Mm -hmm. who have met through this, even just online, I don't actually know them in person, but they seem like a more, uh, you know, better match. connected, yeah. Because that's what happens when you change your energy. If your energy doesn't match, it'll fall away, and you'll meet new people based on your new yeah. magnetic pull. And I've I've realised that the the good thing with comedy is you can actually get away with talking about these bigger issues, and you know, without offending people as much. Well, not these days. It's fucking ridiculous how you oh, can't. Yeah, it's, you it's know, getting really bad. Absolutely, idea. absolutely <laughs> outrageous. See that woke nonsense? It's a complete. You know, political correctness is part of the design to control yeah. us all as well. That's why my comedy isn't like that, and that's why I never got very far. Because again, people are like, oh, oh. I can't say that. See, uh, Billy Connolly got his second vaccine. I was quite sad to yeah, hear that. Yeah, because you, know? you kind of almost hope that he's—they're just you know pretending that he got it, and he never. I don't know. Well, he's a sir, Billy Connolly. You would like to think he's still remained a lad or whatever. But he did get very far in show business, and is there levels in it that you know you yeah. have to kind of do the deal with the devil mm-hmm. to, to get that level of fame? And he was in all these movies and etc. And a lot of these Freemasons and stuff, a lot of them think they're doing good, and you know maybe he played it by his own rules. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed to you know be quite blasé and whatever he said, but. I think it's just a guy from Glasgow who kind of grew up in that world and he still believes a little bit of the mm. the, the old world, you know, I don't think he's delved yeah. deeply in the conspiracy. So maybe we have a go at all politicians as everyone would, but I don't think he's analysed it. He did say something really interesting in a documentary I watched a bit on once. He said he was talking to Ronald Reagan, this dude in America, and he was sitting opposite him. And Ronald Reagan kind of leaned across the table and started talking to him and then he just froze and like held it there for about five to ten seconds and then just kicked back into gear again and like Billy Collin was fucking hell what the fuck's the matter with these people it was completely insane and like he was a robot well you see some of these YouTube videos where there's a newscaster and they just freeze like that you know so I've seen ones where it's like the eye just blinks and it's like a shutter well I was actually listening to a David Icke one on Bitch bit shoot just before and he's talking about how we're going to go with the synthetic human with the AI mm-hmm. but he says that actually they, they're like Avatar just now so you know an Avatar had the, the military that went into the Avatar body and then they kind of went to the planet and became one of the blue people and kind of infiltrated them yeah I love that film 
Well, he's saying that's similar to what they're actually doing now. So maybe your Ronald Reagan's and these people were like, they're the synthetic humans. They're the yeah. AI. They're already at that stage. And they've they're already just trying to get the rest of them. Yeah. Up We're to just there. Them. So I'm thinking, how are they going to make us all synthetic? You know, how, how do they know that's going to work? But if they've already got people like that and functioning like that, because it says a okay, lot of have like dead yeah. eyes, you know, these people are soulless and got dead eyes. Maybe these are the, the AI that's in, in society already, just following the orders with no empathy. Yeah. You know? Like that's what I do. Like, there is something dodgy like that going on. It's too like you see it too often. Aye, aye. There's somebody saying Billy Connolly sold, sold the soul to the devil. He is horrible. I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. He's an old man. <laughs> well, he got some grief back in the day when he done a joke about some guy, a hostage, and he says, "Oh." You watch the news and you do not just think, I wish I'd hurry up and kill him. Now, that was said in a live setting, and to me, it's just a joke. You throw away a joke, and it means he's yeah. having to go to the media because they're just blasting it into your house every yeah. night. But the media take that. One guy complains about it, they spun it, and all of a sudden, Billy Conley you know, says he should die. It's just how they spin things. But he refused to apologise, and he's just told the reporters to fuck off, which was quite... Yeah, well, good on him. Because a lot of people these days, context, yeah. yeah, exactly. But a lot of people these days, they'll say something you know is deemed as anti-Semitic. Then two days later, they're apologising and you know back in line yeah. again. You see them always backing down, eh? Oh, it's so sad. Because they just want to stay like famous or money Aye. or. But you don't know what goes on. I mean, I know certainly that there's been a lot of people get killed off. Like. Yeah. When I started looking into vaccines and stuff, my absolute favourite, favourite doctor was Dr. Tony Bark. Do you know her? No, I don't know. Beautiful lady. She was like a dancer, natural nurse. And she worked as a, like in an ER for years. And she didn't understand that all these babies and children were coming in because of vaccines. And then she started to look into it. And then she was totally preaching about it. She was on... um, uh, Dr. Wakefield says she was totally, you know, supporting him, protecting him, and then all of a sudden she dies. Aye. But there's believe- a few doctors in America that, you know, they, they obviously Shebe? get killed off for talking out. Dr. Shebe was another one. Yeah. SEBI. But there's also a lady recently called Brandy Vaughan. I don't Yeah, now her. she worked for Merck, Aye. and then she started to talk out about, well, she spoke about out about them for like 10 years now. Aye, she's doing she an amazing always job. said, if I get killed off, please investigate it and find out what happened to me. And then she gets killed off. Yeah, she's seen it about a week or two before she did eventually get yeah. killed. She was making videos from her house showing how they were kind of going into her house when she wasn't there and stuff like that. And apparently all these American people have been done that. You know, before they died, they made weird videos saying, you know, something's right. going on, there's something's not right, right. something, you know. Well, you know, you, you have picked that kind of topic where there's vast you know, billions of dollars, whatever, industry behind it. And, and if it does get totally exposed, then that's that side of humanity, it's like, you know, the powerful evil side, they're fucked, they're screwed. Uh, well, especially if they need vaccinations to do this transformation. Yeah. And people understand there's absolutely no basis whatsoever a vaccination should ever get used, then we wouldn't fucking line up for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think so there's... I think it's not so much about the virus and more about, oh, we just have to do it because the government says this is what we have to do to get back to normal. And that's There's no carrot in the stick for people, mm. basically. You, they want your two weeks holiday. People's lives are so dull and depressing. They live for their two weeks in Spain every year. Yeah. So 
they need that COVID ID passport so that they can get to Spain to sit on the beach in Benidorm and drink fucking, you know, tenants lager for a couple of weeks. Like my mum, that's what she said. <laughs> my mum was like, I need to get this vaccine. I need to go on holiday. I was like, <laughs> uh, why don't you go to some Scottish beaches? Just take I've not been abroad for absolute years. I absolutely love my country. I think it's the most beautiful country in the world. And we get perfect sun in the summer, you know. I've no reason to ever get on an aeroplane for the rest of my life. Well, my son's in Turkey, which is a bit of a problem. (laughs) But um, sometimes when you actually leave the kind of central belt and you go up north, the sun's split in the sky. It just seems to be in this area where it's grey and miserable quite a lot. Hmm. But, We've got some amazing beaches. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Janie of the family Walsh is saying that she worked in Hol- Hollywood, can tell you loads about them all. Maybe you can come on the show. Yeah. Some exposés. Uh, aye, so, yeah, so basically you've then found out about you healed yourself. What made you then, once you studied everything, it gets to a certain point where you're like, well, I know enough now that it's like it becomes your responsibility, you feel, as you were saying, to warn others about it. Well, I was pretty much straight away. Straight away, I wanted to speak out. I hadn't even totally healed myself, you know. I was still, like, you know, my hair hadn't grown in or that. And I was still preaching at people that, you know, you have to live like that. Don't do that. That's toxic. That's bad, you know. Because I was learning it, it's just, you know, to the people around me, I'm going to say it. You know, I've just learned this and I'm going to preach it to them. It was just natural for me to do. But then, yeah, eventually, I think once... um, I became like a total, yeah, hermit in the house, just reading constantly. But Facebook, I was just, you know, you're always, I became, I was searching all these groups and, you know, I was in all these different groups and becoming friends, all these different people, like, you know, in Scotland, all around the world, everywhere. And then I was just, eventually, as I was going on my Facebook, it was no longer all these shitty, stupid, funny videos or anything like that. It was just health stuff and vaccine stuff every day, you know. So I was just constantly sharing, you know, all these interesting things I was coming across. And, you know, I was getting in arguments constantly with school mums and things like that. Like where I live, it's quite a posh area. Mm-hmm. So people already look down on me as it is. And then, <laughs> and then I'm pure preaching. So there's like dentists and stuff I've had arguments with. You know, they obviously just think I'm a stupid little girl, but... You know, him and his whole family, like, they're just deluded, you know. <laughs> Basically. I was talking to a dentist from the NHS. I'm trying to fight to get into a dentist without a mask. Yeah. And basically I was telling him there is no such thing as a virus going around. And they and they know it, basically, in the NHS. They know the script. So anyway. Mm. But they still always have to just follow the rules because if they don't, then they'll get in trouble. And That's it. It's not about a virus. It's about following the rules and the. It's about a transformation of society, and the virus is an excuse for it. Yeah. So then you became known on Facebook as like the talk about vaccination girls. Crazy right? anti-vaxxer. <laughs> no, I've been in quite a lot of debates, you know. Like, and the thing is, I started to learn more from debating, and I started to enjoy it. You know, I started to realise, right, if I go after an intelligent person and debate them, I'm actually going to realise what I still don't know because they're going to bring things up. And then I, then I go research that and I learn more. So part of my debating everyone was part of my learning. It's not, see, a debate, sometimes you can think it's like to be against each other, but yeah. a good debate is actually for us to learn from each other, you know? 
that, that's why I used it for. And I also always used it as a platform so people could see what my thoughts were and what I had gone and learned and researched, you know. And that person was saying, oh, but we need a vaccine because of polio. I could come back and, you know, explain the actual truth about polio. And Yeah, the polio's, polio well, vaccine is called I've got the, to say, the, yeah. the fucking polio symptoms. <laughs> see, see where I live, like the girls and stuff, like they don't know a lot about vaccines, so they'll just say stupid shit to me like, eh, one word for you, Lucy, polio. Like right, that, exactly, that's yeah, a debate, right, you know? It's right, like, yeah. fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'll like block or whatever, you know? <laughs> right, torture. So then when the lockdown happened, was this the first protest, this one you done? See, that's the thing. I had never been to a protest in my life, ever. That's me and my mum. Never been never been to a protest, ever. Um, yeah, didn't know anything about... I'd never been that passionate, really, about... Obviously, I was passionate about vaccines and natural healing. But when this happened, I was like, no, I'm not bloody sitting in my house waiting on a bloody vaccine, living in fear of a virus. Aye. No chance. So I was like, I need to do something. Or it would have drove me crazy. So that was, yeah, the first time I'd ever been to a protest and I I had arranged it. Aye. And you got, you got famous for it? I never got famous. Oh, yeah, I was in the queue for you. There you go. I was in and quite a few things. Protesters yeah. banned coronavirus measures draconian. And they called me in one paper a long-time anti-vaxxer, which oh. I thought was quite good because, really, I've only been speaking out about four years. So Aye. I'm quite proud of that You've left an impression in that time. Yeah. Aye. Well, yeah, I've certainly so, went for it. You know, I've not let anyone kind of upset me. I've been, you know, people have attacked me personally on my past and on, you know, my looks and all this stuff, and I've not let it upset me. I've just kept going. Unfortunately, people are in the main quite sick themselves, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. In the mind, body and yeah. spirit, basically. So that's what we're up against, and... I just find it unbelievable how people can just abuse you with no substance to their argument whatsoever and just totally call you, really when they call you in the street. They wouldn't say it to you in the street, but they'll feel free to fucking have a go at you on Facebook. You know, oh, you're so tough, mate. That's the thing. Facebook now gives people the chance to say things that they would never say to you because they know they would get punched in the face for it. <laughs> yeah, people never say, like, I'll see people that have been real nasty to me on Facebook and then I'll see them in a supermarket, say, and their head goes right down. They will not look at me. And I'm like, total eyeballing them, staring them out. Like, I'll have a debate with you right here, right now. Like, you know, I can handle that. But they, that they're guy? petrified. Who's that guy in your second? Uh, I think it was the second uh, protest. The guy went there with the aim to mess yeah. up and everything. Yeah, Marcus. He still does. You know, he shares things on his Facebook constantly, just like taking the piss out of me, saying how horrible and evil I am, and hey. all this stuff. It's like, I don't know. I kind of feel sorry for him. Like he obviously doesn't understand what's going on at all, hey. and he obviously doesn't understand me in the slightest, or he wouldn't be going after me the way he is. You know. Hey. But um. The thing is, he's actually got a lot of friends that think like him as well. Like, he, he's like a single guy that just sits in the pub before lockdown. He just sat in the pub a lot, you know? Aye. Get um, the facts, get back to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like, obviously quite an intelligent guy, but not intelligent enough to realise the truth or the corruption. But um, that's the thing. Because he's reading all this stuff in the media, he's basically just spitting out all this stuff that I read in the media back to me, you know, I'm yeah. hearing exactly what he's reading. 
Yeah, that's what they do. They think they're clever yeah. if they're going to repeat the BBC back to you. I've tried explaining that to him. Your opinion on me isn't actually your real opinion. You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. You're just saying what you've read in the paper and what you've heard on the news. Uh-huh. That's exactly. how you're thinking about me. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but even that's a wasted breath because uh-huh. you're not capable of arguing and, or discussing anything. It's a bit of a shame. That's the saddest thing about this whole thing, seeing how asleep people are and how they're willingly going towards the edge of the cliff en masse. And it's uh, dividing families and partners. You know, there's annual couples that are like, the man's going to get the vaccine and the wife's like, I don't even want to be with him anymore because he's going to get a vaccine. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you would ingest it somehow. <laughs> yeah. See, the very beginning of this, my boyfriend put a mask on to be polite. All right. And I just was like, nah, that we just can't I said, I'll the mask. <laughs> it's just such a turn off, you know? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> but then now I love it. You know, anyway, he doesn't wear a mask now. Like, he only did it for, like, a day or two. But, um, yeah, anyone says anything now, he's right. Like, no, I'm, accept- I'm exempt, darling. And then, um, you know, someone tried to give him one of those badge things, and he said, I'll take it, but I don't need to have it. You do know that. <laughs> so, yeah. no, he's, he's kind of, he just sticks up for himself now rather than trying to please people around him. Well, it's all about information at the end of the day and, you know, being open to the information. Then once you've got that and you've grasped it, then why would you put a fucking mask on? Yeah. Uh, The masks really disgust me, especially when I see people step into a shop, right? They're already in the shop. Stop. Then pull their mask out of their pocket. God knows what's been in that pocket. Pull it out. And then they're just, you know, putting the face and they're touching it constantly and their nose is hanging out and... Yeah, one guy tried to have an argument with me in a shop and he was just shouting his mask was going in and out like that. I was like, fucking hell, mate, calm down, you're going to have a I've seen that as well, it's horrible. <laughs> so I, there was this one girl talking to me and she must have had like loads of lipstick on and um, you could see it through her mask. It was like all makeup uh, and stuff, like orange and then the, the lip bit and it was going in and out as she was talking. And I was just looking at her just like, that is vile. Your boyfriend must think, ooh. <laughs> Sometimes you see the masks and they've all got the grime and the slime and like the wet, you know, and it's yeah. just like, it looks horrible. I feel sad right. when I see the old old people. It's obviously they're in like they can't breathe. It's causing them bother. They're stopping pulling it down and putting it back on again. I feel like saying just take that off. No one no, will care. There's an old woman and her the younger woman was about sixty, so the older woman was about ninety or whatever. And I stopped them in the street and says, "There's no, there's no such thing as a contagious virus. I suggest you take it off." And she went, "Oh, all right, son." And the two of them took it off. I was like, well, "It's as easy as that." Fucking hell. Sometimes people just need someone to just say that to them because you know they maybe don't want to do it. They're just doing it because they feel they have to. Because everyone else is playing their part, I'll play my part too. But if they hear someone say, "No, why should we?" You know, uh, we're, we're not yeah. killing anyone if we don't. Then they'll be like, "Oh, right, okay." Peer pressure, that's why a lot of people are going along with it. They fear to be different, you know. And mm-hmm. that's basically a large part of the control. People, the tallest nail gets hit. So if you stand out above, everyone else will keep you back down. The crab's yeah. trying to get out of the bucket, they drag you back down. And that's the thing, like, when you do put yourself out there, like, I have put myself out there. So I kind of have to expect people to kind of, you know, abuse me and say that I'm wrong and that I'm stupid and all this stuff. I kind of expected it. Aye. So it becomes water off a duck's back. Yeah. So, just going to wind up a wee bit. I just before you've got something tomorrow. What was the event you're going to do tomorrow in Perth? Oh yeah, it's um, what's it? QI Gong. Key Gong. 
Keegong, I think it's pronounced. See, when you read things, it's hard to know. Yeah, what, how I've got an in-depth know. And people will probably say, say I'm saying it wrong, but as, as far as I'm aware, Q, so QI, QI is yeah. Key. Keegong. Key right, but OK. Well, we've got a lovely Lady Mary. She's going to lead it. And we've got loads of, well, we've got a few amazing women coming. Well, but yeah, so it's it's good just to be meeting up and not feeling anxious that police are going to come and arrest us. (laughs) Yeah, do you not think the police might come anyway? Are we allowed to be outside these days? I don't know. Yeah, we are. We're allowed in our exercise, so that can be in our exercise, you know. As long as you're socially distanced. Well, that's the thing. In real world, you never stand right next to someone. You don't do that. No, if there's a big enough space, people naturally can have So in, in the park in the North Inch, you know, I mean, I do. I stand right next to people when I'm talking because I like to feel close. But doing right. things like that, we need space anyway. So uh, we're not going to be right next to each other. So that's at the North Inch Park in Perth tomorrow at what time? At 11 a.m., yeah. 11 a.m. We just so. meet outside the Bells bit, the sports club. Okay. Well, well done for organising something else. And I think Thanks. you've heard me talk about marching and stuff like that. Those things, if we get people together, like minds together, it's all good. This is another way to do that and maybe work yeah. in your mind and help people feel a bit more positive, which is desperately needed these days. Mm-hmm. So, you know... We've got to do some vibrations and stuff as well, you know, some like, um... Yep. Get into those ums. <laughs> Enjoy your omen tomorrow then and I'll yeah. catch up again. Okay, thanks for having me on. Want to hang on for two seconds after we finish the call, have a chat. Okie dokie. Okay, cheers, folks. Thanks for Hi, guys. Watching. Thanks for listening to me. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.